Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. So we're going to go into a 21-day time of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday, January 5th. And... Um, it's going to be an incredible time. We did it last year. We did it the first year we came to Memphis. David and I moved here two and a half years ago. We've been here. And um, God called us. I don't know if you all know, but God called us from Southern California to plant a church. And we, in the beginning of 2017, and we said, okay, where, Lord? And after a lot of prayer and seeking God on our faces before him, he really dropped Memphis on our hearts in a big, 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 big way. And in July of 2017, we moved our four children out to Memphis, Tennessee, and said yes to God. Lord, we're going to leave our church that we've been at for 17 and a half years, that we um, started with uh, David's older brother and family, and felt so comfortable and safe and you know, everything's so, yay, it's so working and so great, and why would we pick up and move? Because God, he calls us. And when we get too comfortable, you know, that's usually when you better start worrying a little bit that God's going to say, <laughs> all right, I got something more for you. And so um, and so we, we picked up and moved across the country, and there was some other crazy people who did the same thing and came with us and felt the call. <laughs> and, um, and God has just done miraculous things. And that's why you're sitting here today. And we're so happy that you are. But we're about to go into a 21-day pray, uh, prayer and fasting and, and really hear God for 2020. And it's not just about our church, but it's for our own individual lives. And knowing that God wants to do something fresh and something new is is really the focus and really, really the posture of our hearts is saying, God, we don't want to just keep doing things the same old way. We want to hear what you're saying. We want to seek you with all of our hearts and really find out what you're saying. And so that's what, what this, just this, this word I have for today is really out of a heart that's just preparing our hearts to receive, even just getting ready to say, God, we're going to set aside this time to open our hearts to hear you. And there's there's a posture, you know, that you go into of saying, you know, how do you do that? How, how do you get your heart ready to hear God? How do you open your heart? How do you, how do you say, yeah, God, I'm listening. But you have all the noise constantly going every day, right? How do you set aside time? How do you do it? And, um, and so I just want to go through and talk about what new wine, new year, new you, what it really is, what it really means. Every one of us have a purpose for why God put us on this earth. And he, he wants us to live it out with joy, with freedom, and with everything else that he paid for to give us. Do you believe that? Yes. He really does. He does not want us to just fumble through life. And suffer through life. He wants us to live the life that he paid to give us. And it's an abundant, amazing, fruitful, 
incredible, fun. There will be, there will be times that we, that we go through stuff. But, but we have the victory. And what we sing today, the battle is the Lord's. And we have the victory in Jesus. And so um, would you all turn to Matthew 9, 14 through 17 today? I'm just going to read this passage real quick. 9, chapter 9 in Matthew 14 through 17, it says, Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But the new wine, but they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And so, Lord, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you right now, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. God, we open up to you and to what you have for us today. God, I pray that you would speak clearly through me today. God, I, I lay down myself before you this morning, Lord, and say, speak your life to every heart in this room today, Lord, because people don't need me. They need you. Lord, we need your words of life today. We need your Holy Spirit fresh and new today, God. I know many people in this room might be weary. God, they might be or feel hopeless today, God, but I thank you that you bring your hope and your love and the power of who you are, Lord. Resurrection life to every one of us, Lord, this morning and breathe destiny and vision into us, Lord, for this next year and for the rest of our lives, Lord. May we live out the true, the true purpose for which you created us, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen. Amen. So in this Matthew 9, 14 through 17, um, these disciples of John, they came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't have to fast? And Jesus said to him, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? See, because back in the Bible days, fasting was really, it was mourning. They, they, were, they were fasting to get close to God and to, to really hear God. But Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Why do they need to fast? I'm, right, I'm with them. So they don't need to fast because I'm right here with them. And he says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they'll fast because then they'll be seeking me because I won't be right there with them. So there'll be appropriate times to fast. And so that's just a little precursor as to why fasting is super important in our lives. Because it is a time where we can put away distractions put away the stuff that really hinders us from hearing God and say, God, I want to hear your voice. And so we need to fast. Sometimes it might not be food. Sometimes it might be, it might be entertainment. That's really a big one in today's world that we live in. I know a lot of times um, I talk to young adults 
and I say, what do you feel like you need to, you know, we might be in a season where we're fasting something, and they go, I know I need to, I need to fast social media, I need to fast movies, I need to fast TV, or, you know, whatever it is, because those things distract us from hearing God, and they really do, and so just pray about, you know, what the Lord might be asking you to fast from that could be a distraction from just hearing his voice and hearing what he has for you in this season, and so I thought that was really cool, but here's a a Bible commentator says, our religious systems don't work. We fast to draw closer to God, but Jesus was already with them. They fasted after he left when they needed to. The old forms of Judaism could not contain the spiritual freshness of the gospel. Grace cannot be sowed onto nor poured into the system of legalism. Rather than patching up a brittle, worn out, and obsolete system, Jesus came to offer a new life imparted by faith. In him. And then verse 16 no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine. Everybody say new wine. Into new wineskins. Say new wineskins. And both are preserved. Why do old wineskins burst with new wine? Why do they? Because the old wineskin has already been used. It's already been, it's already been filled. It's already been, it's, it's been weathered. It's been worn. It's been sitting there with wine in it and it's aged. And that new wine, when it goes into the old wineskin, the old wineskin cannot contain the new wine. And so it just bursts out. And so you lose both of them. But the new wine has to go into a new wineskin because it's prepared and ready for the new wine. So both of them can be used. And so um, the new cloth, listen to this one, the new cloth had not yet shrunk so that using new cloth to patch older clothing would result in a tear as it began to shrink. Similarly, old wineskins had been stretched to the limit or become brittle as wine had fermented inside of them. Using them again, therefore, risked bursting them. And so this is my first point. If you want to write it down, this is my first point. New wine can only be poured into new wineskins. New wine can only be poured into new wineskins. Some of us have been stretched to the limit. And if God put new wine in us, we might just burst. And he wants to, he needs to make us new for the new wine that he has for us. He wants to make us new. He's the God who makes all things new. And he has new wine to pour out. You know, new wine is a symbol of the fresh thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And, you know, the Bible talks about um, 
like the fire of the Holy Spirit, the wine of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you can go into a huge study about all of it. But it really is a fresh thing that God wants to do in our lives. If you're hanging on to the past, if you're insisting on doing things the way you've always done them, then you keep getting the same results. In Philippians 3, 13 through 14, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Come on, everybody say, one thing I do, but one thing I do. Just say, one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It really hit me when I was reading this scripture. The one thing I do, forgetting. Do we realize how important it is that to receive the new wine that God has for us, we have to forget what's behind us. We can't lay hold of the new unless we forget what's behind us. We're not going to become new wineskins unless we forget what's behind us. Even the good. There's things so good that I want to hang on to. And God said, you need to let that go. That was for then. You need to let that go. Stop. Stop remembering that. Stop dwelling on how good it was. You know, just like the children of Israel, they're out in the wilderness. God got them out of slavery. And they're talking about how good it was in Egypt with the leeks and the onions. I want to go back there because I don't want to eat this out here. But they're free and God got them out. Right? Amen? One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, it doesn't just mean the bad. It says, Lord, I'm, that was for then. Thank you, God, for everything you've done. You're so faithful. But I reach forward to the things which are ahead and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. To become a new wineskin for the new wine, we must forget what's behind and reach forward and press into all God has for us. I just want to tell you a quick story. David touched on it. We met at Life Bible College um, when I was 18. It was in the fall of 1997. <laughs> for all you old fogies out there. <laughs> just kidding. I can say that now because I'm 40. So um, somehow I feel like I'm in a new club. So I don't know if that's true, but I kind of feel like I am. But um, back in 1997, um, but I was 18. But back uh, about, probably about, I think it was about December, so that was in fall of 1997, so it was December 1996, and I was about 17 before I turned 18. Um, I met a guy where uh, I lived in Fairfield, California, Northern California, and started dating a guy, and, well, 
not with my dad's permission, but <laughs> sort of started dating a guy, sort of started dating a guy. Not that I condone dating at 17. I'm not saying that for all you parents out there. I'm not condoning that at all. I'm not condoning that for my children. Um, anyways, we'll talk about dating in another, <laughs> another, another sermon, another message, another time. But, um, but it wasn't who the Lord had for me. And, <laughs> and uh, obviously, and, and I was, I was being disobedient to the Lord and had to go through a little bit of heartache and, um, and kind of walk through, walk through, you know, getting my heart broken and breaking up with this guy on my 18th birthday when I turned 18 because I knew, you know, it was, it was crossing a threshold. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be in this relationship with him. And it was like, I'm turning 18. And God got a hold of my heart right when I turned 18. Like, it was, it was like, it hit me. You're turning 18. You're entering a new season. And I remember, I think I was in a church service. And the Lord... The presence of God got a hold of my heart, and I, I began weeping, and, and I knew what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to break up with him, and the next day was my 18th birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday. It doesn't matter. That's the perfect day to break up with him. <laughs> so I broke up with him on my 18th birthday, and it was so hard, and it was heartbreaking, and my parents remember how pitiful I was that day. <laughs> they tried, tried to celebrate with me. And I'm sitting, you know, they're trying to take me out to, to eat. And I'm sitting there, like, you know, barely eating, sobbing. <laughs> you know, it was drama girl. It, I mean, I look back on it and just want to crack up because it's hilarious. But, but, um, but you know, that, that's what I felt at that time. It was heartbreaking. And... The Lord walked me through, walking me into my destiny, walking me into what his plans were for my life, and said, I ca I've called you to go to this school. And I moved down to Southern California the summer of my 18th year, and I met David, and we were married a year and a half later from when I started and God, he had his faithful plan for my life all planned out. But if I wouldn't have said, God, I'm going to follow you no matter what the cost. I'm going to do what you say no matter what it takes, no matter how it feels. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have David. I wouldn't have our beautiful children, and be walking out what I get to walk out. And I knew what God was doing with me there. He was making an old wineskin new, and he was pouring new wine into me, my 18th year of life. That is what God did with me. And so point number two is stop enjoying old wine. It's a new year. Turn to Luke 5.39. Luke 5.39. Luke 5.39. It says, 
and no one having drunk old wine. This is what Jesus said. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. You know, we get so comfortable in what's familiar that when we step out and feel the discomfort or turbulence of change, we so often retreat back to our old ways, what makes us feel safe or comfortable. And we're satisfied with the old instead of reaching for the new, which is what Jesus is really challenging here. A great way to break that off is fasting. <laughs> Just throwing that in there. We got to get, fasting makes us uncomfortable and breaks that off. So it's a great way to get super uncomfortable. I know the first couple days that I'm fasting, everybody kind of flees, flees the room. <laughs> They're like, oh, mom's fasting. Get, I'm, I'm going to go in the other room. Because <laughs> she gets a little cranky. She gets a little hangry. Does anybody else get hangry? <laughs> <laughs> but we we have to walk in the in the spirit, and we won't fulfill the lust of the of the flesh. But um, but we do. We get so I don't know about y'all, but I certainly get comfortable in what's familiar. I certainly know how I like my pillows at night and what blankets I like on my bed and what pajamas I like or, or how I like my coffee in the morning or how I, hello, am I just talking to me? Right? We get, we get in our routines in life and that, that's not bad. But what if God said, I want you to go to the mission field? And um, y'all, they have different electrical plugs out there. Mm-hmm. You talked to my mom about that. They lived in Haiti for two and a half years. And it was uncomfortable. I, I stayed for a week, and I was ready to come home after a week. <laughs> so for them to last two and a half years, that is really, really incredible. And, and, you know, you think about whatever God calls us to, he gives us the grace to do it. That's the incredible thing, is that it doesn't look the same for everybody. So you can't put that off. We can't put that off on someone else and say, well, you should be able to be a missionary. No, they shouldn't because God didn't call them to that. So if they were to do it, it would not be pretty. And they shouldn't do it if God hasn't called them to do it. But... There's a grace and there's a joy when God's called us to do what he's called us to do. What a joy and a grace. But if we're too concerned about our comfort and enjoying the old wine, how do we lay hold of the new? How do we, how do we jump into the new if we're enjoying the old? we got to stop enjoying the old wine and know it's time for new. It's time for new. And so it, it looks different. It feels different. When you get uncomfortable, a lot of times you know you're on the right track. <laughs> it's true. Anybody, anybody with me? 
Come on, a big resounding amen if you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I never cried so much as when God called us to move. And it wasn't because I wasn't excited about what God had for us here, because I was, truly, because I knew what God was saying. And I was truly, and I love what God has called us to here. And I love this city, and I'm so glad God called us here. But I never cried so much because I had gotten so comfortable. And I, and I, I had to let go. And it was like, it was like a breakup or like a, you know, it was like a laying down of something that I loved so much. And God really worked in my heart through that. He really worked in my heart through that and, and helped me to understand that everything that we lay down for him and everything that we give back to him, he blesses us so much more in return. There's nothing that we can, that we can surrender to the Lord that he won't bless us back abundantly more than we could ever imagine or think, really, truly. And so getting uncomfortable is pretty necessary to stop enjoying old wine and embrace the new things that God has for you. And then point number three is he makes us new. It's time for a new you. It's time for a new you. Everybody say, it's time for a new me. He makes me new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And this word new it's the word kahinas. It means new, unused, fresh, novel. The word means new in regard to form or quality rather than new in reference to time. Thank God. <laughs> I'm glad it's not time. Because you know what it means? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. And it doesn't mean just when you just get saved. It means if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation today and tomorrow. He's a new creation. She's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it says, Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold. Everybody say behold. That word behold, and we just read it in 2 Corinthians. Behold. It means to see, to look, see it, see it. Behold, I will do a new thing. New, 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 new thing. Behold, I I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? 
I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I believe before we leave today that the Lord would just simply have us present ourselves for this next year and say, God, before we enter into 2020, it's not just a new year. It's a new decade. It's a big deal. This is a big deal. We're not just entering a new year. We're entering a new decade. And I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit like never before on his sons and daughters all over the world, all over the place to do something new, to do something fresh and to reach this world. We have a hurting, hurting world around us. So many people are hurting. So many people are wondering, is there anything else? Is there anything else than this? Isn't there more than this? And what is the answer? There is. His name is Jesus. It's not money. It's not stuff. It's not fame. It's not position. It's Jesus because he'll get, he says he'll get us out of, he brings us out of the miry clay. And he sets our feet on solid rock. And he redeems our life from destruction. And he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he changes our lives forever. So if you would join me today. I'm just going to put my hands out to the Lord just as a sign that says, God, I'm yours. You know, we lift our hands not as a religious anything. Lifting our hands is just to say, God, I surrender to you. I love you. I worship you. My life is yours. So today, Lord, here we are. Last Sunday in this decade, last Sunday of 2019, God, going into a new year, into a new decade, Lord, and we say, God, make us new. God, make us new wineskins today, God. A wineskin is just a vessel. Lord, would we empty ourselves of all the junk, all the stuff, Lord, all the things that we want, God. And we say we want you. We want what you have. We want what you want, God. And we surrender everything to you. We say have your will in our lives, God. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord. And we give you all that we are and all that we have. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. 
God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.